Welcome back to another episode of the 1024 Podcast. Uh, it's the new year. It's a new us. We're back. We've been we were gone for a week, but we're back. We had a little uh, little technical difficulties on our on our side. Our producer uh, our producer we're gonna give him a, a couple of demerits, all right, because he can't get the audio correct. Uh, but we're back. We have a, a very special guest with us today, Miss Tia. Miss Tia, introduce yourself. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, but of course, with it being the new year, all right, we want to talk about a little. Uh, anybody got some New Year's resolutions going? Are we are we doing any New Year's resolutions? What you, Tia? I I have a New Year's resolution. Um, you know, just turning a new leaf. I think God has brought me 360 and kind of renewed my spirit. Uh, in a way that makes me want to love myself more by watching what I put into my body. So I'm going to be very cautious moving forward. And also this year is my year for surrenderance. Um, I was telling my friend Brittany, I saw, I saw a, um, a video that was like, it's like a trailer for a new Christian movie. And they were talking about having a white flag, you know, throwing up your flag. And I think that's something that I'm going to implement in my life moving forward, you know, surrendering daily. I hear you. Well, mine is uh, mine is not as uh, as deep as yours. I'm just uh, I'm just trying to eat a little better, uh, kind of the same way. Yeah. Uh, I, my thing is sweets. I love to eat sweets. If it's soda, candy, anything like that, I I really eat it. And Rusty always says like, Hey, who uh, who are the people who buys those big bag of bag of candies? I'm that person. It's me. I love Kit Kats. Okay, I freaking love them. And I I've already done this once. So just a little. Uh, I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit. I've already done this once i brought all my uh my candy to the uh to the station to have uh to give to rusty's kids uh like a couple months ago and here we are again uh, they're like they're like some mini gaddises they ate the whole bag in one <laughs> setting uh yeah i just love it i just i just can't can't go without sweets but we're gonna try to i'm gonna try to uh eat a little better i'm gonna try to few, lose a few pounds you know i'm trying to get back to Back to a little bit of a fighting shape, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Rusty, you got anything? Yeah, I think uh, this year I want to just learn to pray better or pray more because, you know, I was thinking, you see that 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 big hit on the the NFL the other day? That the man was, uh, he got hit and they started doing CPR on him and stuff. Oh, yeah, I did. And, and they, said, they yeah. said everyone pray for him, you know, and I, and I did pray for him. But I was like, you know, God, heal him, protect him, be with his family, things like that. And I just started thinking afterwards, you know, I'd like to be, I like to have a deeper prayer relationship with the Lord. You know, I see something on Facebook that says pray for this person. I always try to take the time to do that. Yeah. But, you know, when the Jesus was here with the disciples, you know, they didn't say teach us how to heal somebody. Teach us, you know, they said teach us how to pray. Yeah. And he spent the time teaching them how to pray. And that's the most important thing, you know. He was always praying. He was always going off by himself, talking to the Lord. And I want to have that kind of relationship with God. I think that's more important than anything else I could possibly think of um, for this year going forward. I would like to have a deep Prayer. You know, you ever been to like church and and you have uh somebody usually like an old lady gets up there and she goes to pray and everyone's like ah oh, here we go because <laughs> it's like a 10 15 minute thing yeah. you know yeah I don't you know necessarily want to just have a long prayer I just want to have a deep meaningful prayer where I just feel like I'm really speaking communion yeah and fellowship sometimes I do church. that uh a little easier when I'm driving uh, my eyes open of course and just looking around at all God's creation and just praying out loud I feel like I have an easier time to do that but I want to get to the point where I can just wait when I wake up in the morning. I just have a deep, deep prayer where you, you know, you feel the Holy Spirit. You're like, 
that's what I mean by surrenderance, yeah. you know, just taking a step back and uh, throwing that white flag up just as soon as I wake up in the morning and as, yeah. as I make my way through the day, surrendering to myself, um, you know, maybe my coffee or putting everybody else before um, before God and just taking time to actually fellowship yeah. um, with God throughout all of my days. And another thing I'm trying to implement is fasting, you know, just um, because it's something that we're supposed to do, you know, and I feel led to do, but um, it's all the same thing, you know, trying to grow my, my prayer life yeah, yeah. as well. 100%. So with you on Tia, um, you, you have a, a phenomenal story that we're going to get into today. Um, but just to kick it off, you know, I, we're just going to say that our theme today is kind of about redemption, about, you know, because the way the Lord worked through your life it, it, it is a big you're redemption too story. Far gone. You're yeah. never too far gone. 100%. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, tell us about uh, growing up and stuff and uh, just tell our audience uh, a little bit about yourself. Okay. I grew up in Georgia um, and I was I had a pretty decent family um, that took me to church often and um uh, the type of family I was in, you know, Jesus was in the, in the front, in the forefront, um, or so I thought it was, um, I was a pretty good kid. I cheerleaded, uh, did music, you know, uh, I was really passionate about the things that I did as a kid. And likewise, I was passionate about Jesus. The only difference was that I didn't really know a whole lot of the Bible and, I <laughs> I got closer to God mainly because of the relationship I have with music. My mother would always play um, really good music, all different types of music, but a lot of the Christian music spoke to my heart and gave gave me a closeness to God that that um the the only way that I knew, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, it's that, just to speak to that. I mean, it's amazing how much music just talks to a wide variety of people like it, it just worship in general it, it, it like for me for the same way worship is definitely the something that i feel called more to the lord like during just because i mean i you know i i, I play the guitar and i guess it, it, that might be a little bit of the reason and i've always you know grown up listening to a lot of music kind of like yourself uh but it's definitely the way I feel like the Lord is moving. Like it's almost palpable. Like, you know, if you hear a good singer, like, you know, just really, you know, giving their heart out to the Lord, like it's almost like the Holy Spirit is almost palpable in the room. Like you can yeah. literally just feel it. Like it's yeah. awesome. Music is definitely something God created for us to enjoy. And if you actually look at music, what is music? It's just emotion. It's some kind of emotion. It's a way of uh, evoking an emotion to someone. So the, you know, your favorite singers are really good at evoking that emotion that you feel when you hear that song. Right. And that's why really smart guitar players, I know, okay, if I play this chord, it's going to sound sad. And I'll put all these sad chords together, and then I'll build it up to this big emotional right. thing, you know? And God knew all that when he created it, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah. it definitely works. But saying that, you, you say you love music. That actually, yeah. you know, a lot of our listeners don't know this, but that actually is something that you do as, as a ministry, right? You do these things called praise dancing. Yeah, which I learned in prison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what is so, praise dancing? Yeah. Um, praise dancing is just another way of worshiping God um, and kind of giving a visual to go along with the music. And it's just another tool in the ministry to really um, bring people closer to God. Um, mm -hmm. Do you find it hard? Like, I know that a lot of churches you'll see 
maybe sometimes you'll see older ladies, their hands up, and they'll put them up, and, and they're not ashamed. You know, they'll worship the Lord openly, but you see a lot of guys with their hands in their pockets or, you know, it, it just depends on where you go. But a lot of churches, I, I found that it's very hard for them to openly, for, for whatever reason, openly worship the Lord, just raise their hands to Him. I was like that. I, I was very much like that um, until I went to prison. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead and just give you a backstory um, because since we're moving in that direction, um, you know, I had a pretty good life mm -hmm. until you know, my parents kind of got separated. I know a lot of people have that problem, you know, when they get, you know, their parents get But it's, get still, it's still pretty deep, like, trauma. I mean, it happens to people, you know. Yeah. Especially I, depending on the age. Yeah. I had trauma leading up to it before then. And um, here's a slight confession of mine. You know, sometimes when parents argue back and forth, I used to pray that my parents would get divorced. And I always, I never really forgave myself for that. But as a child... Yeah, you don't understand, right? You don't yeah. understand a whole lot about what's going on. Um, I was saved. I was supposed to be saved at 10. And then, um, you know, certain things happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents got divorced. And I kind of started losing hope when I met somebody and had children at a really young age, right? So um, there were many times that maybe I wasn't serving God. Like I was trying to be at church for the first time I was with didn't go to church. Yeah. And then one thing led to another and eventually I ended up trafficking drugs. Okay. <laughs> I know that's a long, <laughs> that so is you, a long you ended up getting involved in like, uh, like the drug ring to selling drugs. Right. Um, different cartels, you know, um, and so they would put a lot of stuff in my, in my hands. I was bilingual, young, uh, you mm. know, at, yeah, I was able to get into a lot of places that a lot of people weren't, and I was able to make um, a whole lot of money for them. So yeah. they kept me around for for a pretty good amount of time, and um, and that eventually led to my downfall because I started loving the money. Yeah. that I was getting, spending less time with my family. Um, obviously, the relationships that I were in, like I was in, it just was one after another, just yeah. to be completely honest. Like, I was trying to fill a void from not having my father and my mother around, you know, looking yeah. for love. And then when I didn't find that, I just focused on money, mm -hmm. and my kids took the back burner. So yeah. by the age of 23, I had four kids. Okay. And then I had an accident happen, and when the accident happened, I got caught with a large amount of drugs. Mm -hmm. Nobody, they never investigated me, so I wasn't, like, on their radar. It was kind of shocking. Uh, I will say this now, that the person that my mother was with was a cop. It yeah. was an embarrassment to our family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, he was shocked because it was in his county. I was, you know, um, coming through his county. Uh you know, and I shocked everybody because nobody around me knew. Right, because you kind of, uh, and we, we said this before, we, we kind of had a, a previous podcast with a lot of audio issues, but we said this before, you were, you're the, you were the cartel cheerleader because you were this, <laughs> you know, small town uh, cheerleader, like yeah. just getting tissues kind of girl, and then you went this other path and started selling drugs. Now, were right. you just selling drugs or were you using drugs? Or? I ended up, uh, you know, one thing about it is I ended up using the drugs mm -hmm. to 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 stay in the scene, right? Yeah. Um, and so by the time I started using the drugs, I mean, it, it was a downhill slide. And, yeah. and, of course, that all started with alcohol, yeah. alcoholism. It, and that runs heavily in my family as well. I started using um, alcohol first and then, boom, next thing you know, I'm – 
yeah, yeah. doing drugs and, you know, selling drugs, but I was selling a whole lot more drugs than I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like I said, I, I had an accident. I went to jail, um, prayed a lot. Actually, right, let me take that back. Uh, right before I went to jail, this is going to be crazy. When I had my last daughter, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in the hospital saying that I didn't know if Jesus was the son of God. Yeah. And my mother and brother were there. And I remember the shock on their face when I told them that. And I said, well, maybe he's a prophet. See, I had compromised myself by hanging out with people of other religions, of other faiths. And I had listened to them, but I had never taken the time to actually dive into my Bible. To learn about the Lord for yourself. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like you you have like kind of a surface relationship, like a just attachment by the family you grew up in, which a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. And then they didn't develop a personal relationship. Yeah. Kind of like churchgoers is what we've oftentimes on this podcast said like i mean you know, people who just attend church because like i mean where we live in the in the bible belt like it's just kind of it's the right thing to yeah, do where churches are a dime a dozen yeah you don't get the phone call where are you where are you yet sunday brother yeah yeah like, yeah why weren't you at church yeah. just go just go kind of to get everyone off your back kind of thing so it sounds yeah. like that was kind of similar story yeah if you go i mean you go once a week and you try to do good the rest of the week but if you don't i mean doing good um Doing good when you're a church goer yeah. <laughs> looks a little bit different than when you leave everything behind yeah. and take up your cross and follow Jesus, 100%. which is what we're supposed to do, 100%. right? Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of my backstory. Um, you ended up. You said you ended up in prison at a young age. How old were you? I was 23 when yeah. I went to prison. Um, How did that feel? Was that was that? I mean, obviously yeah. scary. Twenty three years old. Because that's prison. how old I am currently. Like, it's I, like that, Addison's going to prison. Yeah. How would, you, how would you feel, buddy? Yeah. That, I mean, that's. I mean, I, had to be of terrifying. course I can. Yeah. yeah so. I, you know, they gave me a 20, 20 year sentence and was split to mm. serve ten in confinement, um, with the possibility of good parole if I did good, and I didn't do that great, so I ended up coming out a little bit later than what I was supposed to come out. Um, so when was that released? At? How old were you then? Well, the first time I was like 40-something months before they released yeah. it. So like four, four and a half, five, I don't know how many years, uh, yeah. right before they released me. And then I came home, and I was out for just a couple of weeks. No. Yes. Oh, I, can, no. I can imagine. Like, So I get out. I've spent a few years in prison. This scary place as a 23 year old kid, and then you get out. I would be like, I ain't doing nothing to go back to prison. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm driving the speed limit. Yeah. I think that, but when you're in prison, um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. I had time to read my Bible during that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the backsliding is real, right? And yeah. we're yeah. called to repent. And if we don't repent right. and we keep going. And, and repent means to turn away from. To turn away. So if you don't turn away from the thing you're right. asking for forgiveness for, right. you're not really repenting. You're not right. really repenting. So if you're not turning away, um, then you're in a in a bad predicament. And that's kind of what happened to me. You know, I had repented of certain things, but I was also in a place that coaches you every day that you are 
worthless. You're an inmate. You're mm -hmm. not going to amount to anything. You're a criminal. It's an 80% recidivism rate in Georgia, or it was then 10 years ago. Yeah. Does that uh, mean just to get out and come back? Exactly. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Returning customers. Returning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a big, it's a big deal. And I think a lot of it has to do, you know, with exactly the treatment that you get in there. So yes, I had time to read my Bible, but, um, I was barely tipping the iceberg when I got out the first time. I had just really learned um, about God's grace and mercy, and uh, I was not implementing it in my life. I I was I knew then the knowledge, mm -hmm. but you know, faith without works is dead. You know, you kind of have to you have to read the Bible, but you also have to stand fast on that uh, word. Why she comes like, to work. Yeah. Yeah. So when I came home, I was really shocked in society. Um, it was hard for me to even pay the cashier. I would stumble, try to give them to keep my change. Like I was uh, yeah. feeling almost as if I could not function cannot yeah. function yeah yeah um i started drinking again and it was just a matter of time before i compromised myself i i got in the car with somebody went down south to go um fishing and we were arrested for trafficking again so mm. the person had mm. drugs on them i knew that they had drugs prior to this um that was where the drugs came from i knew where they came from okay i yeah had my hand in there but what i'm saying is i ended up going kind of unknowingly to a place that i knew i shouldn't have went and um and i ended up back up mess. in yeah. prison so yeah. second prison term mad angry and in, in yeah. the jail cell um saying i had people who were there that were trying to speak life and to me you know god yep. loves you this and i was like whoa i'm like don't he sent tell me back here he doesn't love me yeah i'm like don't talk to me about god you know but it was only a matter of time before god was softened my heart yeah Even before i left there as angry as i was um god is so relentless in his pursuit mm -hmm. that he was showing up for me and um, showing me that he still cared about me right where I was. So I kind of took that with a grain of salt, uh, went back through uh, prison. We have like diagnostics. This is the most horrible yeah. experience. You know, there's a lot of violence. Uh, you know, people will rob, you know, every it's a literal fight for your life. So it's not like safe. Like you think there's guards everywhere and everything would probably be safe. I don't know. The last thing in here is something funny. It, and it's kind of a running joke in there is that if the last thing you want to hear the guards say is let them fight, but that's what they say. No. <laughs> let them fight. No, it just happens like that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, you know, and so I'm going back to this place where it's filled with violence. It's filled with darkness. And, and this is a level five prison, which means it's maximum security. So it's pretty bad. Right. And most of those people are lifers. So murderers they have nothing to live for. They don't care. Right. And they're just trying to play the game in there and yeah, yes. get out. However, they guess they're not getting out. Right. Play the so, game in there. Oh, go ahead. No, that's what I'm saying. It's just people didn't care because they're in there forever. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. When you went back to the second time, um, was there, you said you got out for, you know, just good behavior or, or you know, 40 months after for the first sentence. So when you went back, did they tack on even more, um, time on or was it like we you told just, you not to come back here now you're back so here's yeah double punishment. were you looking at even like more so like really is the reason i'm asking this question is like what did that make you 
feel like when you went back? Did you think that you were never getting out again, or did you did you just resign like, yourself to this? Like I had a chance, and this is it, and yeah, I blew it, and I'm you back. You really don't know. I mean, in there, it's a guessing game. Where if you focus on that, then then um, it'll just kill you, you know. But uh, my roommate was a serial killer. She was there, mm. um, and she was never getting home. And she had the possibility of parole. Um, many, many, many moons ago, right? Yeah. So I had to humble myself and know that my time was not like their time because yeah. this was their current life. And yeah. I remember on the walk, because we could take up like vocational yeah. school there. And I remember there was a place we would call the walk. You know, it's like you have a compound and then you have little streets in your compound. Yeah. And yeah, there's a sidewalk that we would call the walk where a lot of people would kind of hang out in the morning and you know, mm -hmm. chit chat with our coffee. And there was one lady who had been there 30 years, which is in Georgia is a full life sentence. And I remember that she was saying she was coming up for parole, but she wasn't happy about it. She didn't want to go home. And oh, I man. knew because of the time that I had did before and how hard it was for me to reenter society that, um, I knew the pain that she felt, so I really she tried didn't to want keep to leave. Quiet. No. Why? Is because you get food, you get fed, and you're safe, or not safe, but you're, you know, you have someone because to sleep. Because what do you do? What do you do after 30 years of not being yeah. in the free world when all you know is the prison life, and that's essentially what it is, and that's why a lot of people, why the recidivism rate is so high. Yeah. You know, um, you're there with people who you think are are just like you you know yeah. there you fit in um you got other people understand you like they're probably the black sheep of their family too or the lowest yeah. low you feeling you know all convicts and y'all have something in in common yeah as opposed to going home where people don't understand you like, oh yeah. you did 10 years in prison uh, yeah. yeah yeah so but i ended up coming out of there um and i thought i was going to do well yeah. And then about three weeks after I came home, um, there was an incident and somebody, I was already messing up. I had already started drinking and had compromised myself doing drugs again. Yeah. I'm um, going around the wrong people, but there was the incidents where somebody robbed me and the person who was with me and they were shot. And I went back to prison for guns. Oh, man. And well, a third time. <laughs> a third time violated, violated my parole by just being around guns, mm -hmm. period. And on that third round, um, God put a ward in there that kind of, uh, that I could relate to. Yeah. But we crossed paths and she really kind of guided me to get my head back in the game. Yeah. Where as where the warden prior, I had a lot of wardens, but um, Warden Bitten, Bitten, he is, I think he's currently over Alta State Prison, which is the biggest prison yeah. in Georgia, especially yeah. for women. But uh, he was Christian and he tried everything to yeah. keep me straight. And this lady did too. And, you know, she. But she she was able to reach me because she had kind of had goals that yeah. I wanted in yeah. life, you know. Um, Something about her just, just she was related to her. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was tough and she was um, a master in her craft. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And I admired that. Yeah. And she asked me. Um, I did art for them yeah. for the prison, and uh, one day she said, "You know, you have real talent." 
you know, you could go out and make so much money with this art. I said, I don't like art. Yeah, I'm good yeah. at it. Like, I'm glad God let me do that. But um, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And she was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, you can't stay here. Yeah. yeah. She's like, so you need to figure it out. And she kind of invested in me. I said, well, I kind of want to go in finance. And yeah. she was like, well, you can do it. And basically, I'll help you get the books so she can start studying it now. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah. she really just took you under her wing and kind of guided you. So she was like probably one of the first real Christian women that you saw in there that were living out the way they, the stuff you were reading, they were living it out, you know, right. doing yeah. the works along with it. And it's amazing that, you know, and a lot of people's story that we hear, like it's amazing how God puts you in a position and people in your life exactly when you need it, exactly when he knows that you're going to be just, like you said, just softening your heart just enough to where, you know, like you said, like no people had tried before, this lady, God put this lady in your life because he knew exactly yeah. like that. He knew, man, I'm going to get to you like this. Like this is how she's going to listen. And to me, it's just amazing always to hear that. And like, you know, because in two, you know, like I'm sure you're about to talk about, like it's amazing how in almost every person's life, you have something that, you know, before you, you, come and truly walk with the Lord, you have something that you're like almost like a, a hole, a puzzle piece is how we, how we usually, you know, describe it as is like, you know, you're trying to put everything, like you said, alcohol, drugs, like you're just trying to, trying to put this puzzle piece that didn't really have, you know, okay. the correct thing that it was going to be able to fill you. But, you know, when you finally found the Lord and put them, put that in there, you know, that's the only thing that's going to be able to finally refilled. Yeah. I, I still didn't get it right. Um, I came home with a pretty good to-do list Yeah. where um, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm really going to stick to my guns about this. Yeah. But I was really stepping out on my own street. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is my major problem still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take control, you know, I want to mm. take charge of my life, uh, put my best foot forward. But, um, and I, I, I kind of did. I came home and enrolled in school, started going to college. I'm still currently trying to finish college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I backslid for a time yeah. and I felt myself really, really sinking like a sinking ship. And I met Cody, which, you know, my yeah. husband and uh, he, you know, he cared enough about me kind of not, to mm -hmm. want to see me do wrong yeah. and I care enough about him not to want to see him do wrong as well and that changed the course of our life um, because while I was with him my oldest daughter uh, they locked down for COVID yeah. and um, she she went missing yeah. and mm -hmm. when we found found her she um, she told us that people have been giving her drugs yeah mm. And I think I told y'all before, um, that was the pivotal moment in my life. Speaking you right in the heart. You're like, this is what I was doing. I knew right then that uh, I understood that God had allowed me to go through the things I would go through. I was seeing glimpses of it in every one of my children's life. Um, well, for the most part, my older children, yeah. of how the things that I had learned along that, along those years, along that journey, um, 
how I was going to use them in my family. And one of the biggest things that God showed me while I was incarcerated was his unconditional love through his grace and his mercy. And that is what my girls obviously needed the most. And while I still kind of harbored anger because I was like, Jesus, my girls really needed me. I didn't feel like out of everybody, I didn't feel like I should have had to go to to prison. Yeah. Um, I later learned that, you know, he was really caring for me. I probably wouldn't be here yeah. if not. Um, but that was what changed my life and made me want to not only um never do anything wrong, no more drinking, no more yeah. any type of drug, anything related to it, serve God. Because yeah. I had when we didn't know where she was, who else could I call on? Yeah. yeah. The detectives weren't doing anything. Nobody cared. It, Rusty, you know, mm-hmm. I think you were at a church when I went to Priscilla uh, and yeah. I asked her initially, I said, you know, my daughter is missing. And yeah. it was there that God brought me to what I really knew yeah. as rock bottom. Yeah. 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 And that's, and just to speak on, you know, about what you said, your daughter is, it's amazing how, you know, the Lord will, Put you through things in your life, like you know, let you be tested by fire. It's like one of my favorite, um, yeah, favorite verses in uh, in in First Peter. Um, you know, it says that you, he lets you be tested by fire, so that you'll know faith that's you know, you know, stronger than gold is what it says. It just to sum it up as as we say the forgetful quarter I am, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's cool that you know what the Lord will bring you through because He knows that. He needs to put you in somebody else's life because, you know, I, you know, oftentimes, you know, at least in my, you know, young life, I'll, you know, you know, you'll have people, you know, tell tell you things are wrong and tell you things that, you know, I, and you're like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's whatever. Like, you know, what do you know? But like if you hear it from somebody who's made the same mistake and will say, hey, this is why this sucks. Like this, this is why that you're what you're doing is incorrect, then it kind of sinks in. And so that is the opportunity that you kind of have with your daughter. Um, if you want to uh, speak on that a little bit, you know. Well, it was um, a 360. I came out of prison that time and I said, God, I'm so thankful. You know, I was yeah. like marveling in the unconditional love that Jesus had for me. Yeah. Um, and I said, God, I'm going to tell the world about yeah. you, right? Yeah. About your unconditional love. And he kind of spoke to me and said, start with your family. Yeah. And that blew me because I was like, God, I could tell everybody in the world, but my family won't listen to me. And that is also in the Bible. I mean, they talks about, you know, the prophet's not welcome, right? Yeah. So Jesus, yeah. Jesus went home and, and he's trying <laughs> to speak to people and yes. you know, awesome stuff. And they're just like, yeah, isn't this Joseph's son? Yeah. yeah. You know, isn't he? No, that's not. Yeah, that's the carpenter's son? Yeah. Come on now. Worker. Yeah. I'll give you my first, um, my first testimony is that uh, when I told when she was, where she was, I just never stopped texting her yeah. um, because even though I didn't know where she was, uh, she messed up one day and let me see that yeah. she <laughs> read my text. And I told her that I had been where she's at, yeah. that sometimes you just have to, you know, your body's not going to want to do it, but you just got to get up, grab your stuff, don't tell anybody where you're going and just move. And I told her that no matter what you've done, yeah, uh, I don't care. 
Hmm. You know, I'm going to pick you up. Nobody's mad at you. You know, we love you and we care for you unconditionally, Hmm. which means there's nothing that you can do that's ever going to stop making me love you. Yeah. And she finally texted one day. And this, I'm convinced, was through the prayers of this little praying church and and, uh, at home. And I didn't know how to pray very well then. but she finally came home and she enrolled in a rehabilitation program. And then uh, we found out that we were having my granddaughter and she had a baby. Um, and she's been doing well and she's about to not only giving my second grandchild, but she's about to finish her first um, first courses in college, her first year. And Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm so proud of her. Killing it. So yeah. you, you got You saw this, this grace and, and this mercy from from God, yeah. And after going to prison three times before you were 30 years old, and just all this mess stuff that think people would think, oh, my life's over. You saw this grace and this mercy, and you decided, the Lord loves me. He's got me. I could do other things, and you you stepped up and and started living the life that you're living now. Right. And then you get hit with this bombshell of your daughter going okay. through this, and you did something awesome. You did the same thing the Lord did for you. You extended this grace and this mercy. Yeah. And it sounds like she's turned around too and she's living her life so that's just a testament of how god is Still this redemption thing that he has this quality he has and one of gaddis's favorite stories he's mentioned was the prodigal son yes yeah he, he leaves home he's asked for his inheritance leaves home and squanders it all and you think you know anybody else wouldn't be able to just come back you, you know your dad or mom would be so yeah. angry at you and like what, what have you done that like, you're yeah. you're done why'd you do that but instead the father meets him he he sees him out there and he runs to the son, hugs him, and throws a big party and celebrates his son coming home. Right. Yeah. And not only that, not only did was he celebrating, was he welcomed? It says the that the father, the the one with all the money, ran, saw his, his son coming from a long way off and ran out to the gates and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and his best cloak and they killed the best calf that they have. Yeah. I mean, the, literally the best for all. They had an awesome barbecue. Yes, literally the absolute best. And I think that's uh, a part of that story that gets overlooked a lot. Um, it, we, or at least it's, it's uh, I looked over it a lot before I, somebody pointed it out to me because at the time, you know, it was seen you were seen as unclean if you didn't have shoes on your feet and so like as as symbolism um which i'm sure you know obviously the lord when he was telling people this he knew that like he kind of like the lord watches us way he put shoes on his feet and made him clean again put him on the best robe that he had put on literally the best ring that he had which was a symbol that hey this is a symbol of my father's house like i wear it now you and are you're a part of the family again yes hey. yes and it, it man it's 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 what he does though for everyone that's that's the, the whole purpose of this podcast is we want to let people know this is what he does for anyone doesn't matter if you've been to prison three times doesn't matter if you've been in some crazy situations and and all the messy junk that you've done none of that matters what matters is you are the you are the prodigal son. You are also the father of that son. If that makes sense, I mean, God is here with open arms, um, and then on the other end, you know, you have to be that person. You could give that grace yeah. that you were given. Yeah, yeah, you have to give it back. Um, and it's so funny you were talking about you tried. You know, the trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. You consider it pure joy when you face trials of any kind. Um, yeah. And that's in James, and the trials did not stop there. And at the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about mm-hmm. prayer. Yeah. And um, prayer is what changed it all. And it's so funny that years later, 
uh, just recently I had a lady who used to babysit me and she, her name is Teresa and she told me she said during all those years she said I always knew that you <laughs> were gonna make it that you were gonna be okay she said but I never stopped praying for you yeah and I think about our kids now or if you have kids we don't have kids but you think about all the kids and all the younger people who um that we need to be praying for yeah during this time and I, I don't know why I felt led to say that maybe somebody needed to hear that but um we have to pray for these children. You know, my daughter still yeah. probably does not realize the amount of prayers that went up for yeah. her, you know, yeah. in the way that God has turned around. I've studied teaching about it, but, you know, yeah. uh, that's just how, how it goes, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's really our, our only way, like our, our, our lifeline. We get, it's, it's literally a conversation. A lot of people, um, you know. Obviously, the the Lord's Prayer teaches like the a big outline. If if you don't know where to start, the Lord's Prayer is a great you know place to start. You know, right. just fill in yourself like you know with that. Wow. But a lot of people get caught up with oh, like my prayer doesn't sound, you know, my prayer doesn't sound intelligent or it doesn't sound like very spiritual. But literally, None it's just matters. yeah, it's just talking to the Father like you in your own way. And yeah, he, he knows. Yeah. He made you the way you are. And he created could... you and designed you, so he wants to hear that. He wants to right. hear your voice, not someone else's. And yeah. You actually reminded me of an awesome uh, sermon I watched from J.J. Vasquez at Journey Church it's in Orlando. Mm -hmm. He was telling a story. I don't want to mess this up, but it was something along the lines of like uh, his, his grandmother and had always prayed for him his whole life, you know, and they had prayed for him, uh, I, I think, to be a pastor or something, and, and he just never felt it or whatever it may be, and then uh, he ended up getting a chance to speak at a big youth conference, and, and one of the prayers was he was going to speak to thousands of people, and that was the moment. It, it was like a full full turn moment where he was like, wow, this is it. This is everything my grandmother's prayed for. But then he, he took his uh, his children to his grandmother. She was at that time in, uh, I think, a nursing home or something, and he said, Grandma, I need you to do one thing for me. And she goes, oh, no, no, I can do nothing. You know, I, I, I'm... Uh, I'm old. There's nothing I can do for you. And he goes, yes, there is. I need you to pray for my children. And so she laid her hands on, on his children and prayed for his children to grow up. And she prayed for one of them to be a pastor too. So, and, and that I, I heard that and I just started bawling like a baby because it was just so, it was just so amazing, you know? Yeah. Just to hear that, the power of a prayer. Her prayers yes. were heard. This, right. The some the grandson was walking in that. And now the great grandson could possibly be walking in that. It's amazing, you know? After, um, after, we left. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to say we left. Um, after we we were at the church for a long time. Yeah. And um, well, maybe not so long. You you live a little further away. Then. I did live a little bit further away. Had a, like an hour journey to your church. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to church a lot of this church. So yeah. you you know we do now we're doing Tuesdays we're doing uh, Friday night Bible studies and we do Sundays. So it's a lot of right. Well, I was actually given a. I was given a chance to do the praise dance that we did in prison. Um, probably the, some of the most holy churches, I, I don't want to say most holy churches I've been in, but um, you, you see a lot of people in desperate, desperate need. Yeah. A lot of people that have cleaned themselves up and put on their best clothes to get there, yeah. but a lot of people who are broken were in prison, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were all searching, you know. and we For had something these, real, yeah. And we had these wonderful people that came in and taught us praise dance. Um, 
And I know one place that came in was Souls Harbor, and they're out of um, Cherokee County yeah. in uh, Georgia. And it's they have a ministry called Ye Visited Me Ministries, and so they would have a day of freedom where they came in. But I was able to share that with mm -hmm. the church. Um, but I want to say that the trials didn't stop there, and and, and still um, talking about being under fire, you know. Um, especially with my children, you know, you know, I had one daughter that tried to take her life and uh, about the prayer and really not giving up and yeah. how God really takes, um, takes you, puts you exactly where you need to be, yeah. uh, keeps his hand on you and gives you these trials and tribulations because he's building you up for an army. And I heard this the other day, you know, when you're building up for an army, you don't, get permission to be yeah. to be weak you know you don't get to stand down while everybody else is training if we're building for the army of god yeah. we need to stand up we need to um face these face these trials the way that god has intended us to yeah. you can't build a foundation in a storm right yeah. you build it first and you and you when the storm comes you, you got a strong foundation you can weather anything and, and i do believe that you know, stuff happens in your life like who you are cleaned up you're teaching praise dances this awesome thing that is bringing people that don't normally come to church to church to see this, these events that you do, and they're just powerful. I mean, you got everybody crying. They had grown bikers, you know, and <laughs> biker jackets and stuff crying in church. And so you're doing stuff like that, and then you get hit with something, you know, like what happened with your daughter. And you think, well, what in the world? You know, I'm doing everything for you, God. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm, I'm following you. And a lot of people can get discouraged by that. But if you know, you're read, reading for yourself, you know. And the Lord is always with you no matter what, that he always has a plan better than anything you could ever think of. And when you go through those trials, you could stand with that firm foundation and know I'm weathering this storm. I have the Lord by my side. Yes. And we have a powerful testimony, like like we said, of redemption. Yeah. I mean, we all have a story if we've turned to Christ uh, yeah. of redemption. And that's just what ours look like, you know, yeah. setting the example for those that yeah. um, that are coming behind us, you know, um, or that are here around us that... <clears throat> Redemption is for everybody. Yes, everybody. No one's too dirty. Nope. Said, too far gone. There's not a person in that church that, that Jesus wouldn't try to save. Right. Or, he leaves the ninety-nine. Person in that prison, I should say. He yeah. wouldn't try to say. Wouldn't try to say. He, he would go after every single person in that maximum security prison. Oh yeah. That's how big of a heart God has. He does. Yeah. So yeah. anyone listening, that that's the whole purpose of this message. Mm. You might you might think you've messed up or done something terrible, but I promise you. You're never going to find anyone too dirty, too gone for God to just pull back and clean up and put new shoes on, yes. give a ring to take the biggest fat pig ever and make a barbecue. And You know what I mean? Yep. You're yeah. never going to be too far gone <laughs> yes. for that. The Lord, you know, through his son Jesus, man, he, he wiped away literally everything. Like you, you are seen as pure in the Father's eyes through Jesus. Like, I mean, if you, if you, you know, unfortunately we, we've, we live in a fallen world. There's sin all around us. We're we're sinful people. We're still gonna sin. But you know, if you if you ask for forgiveness from the Lord, and the Lord lives in your lives in your heart, man, there, there's nothing that you have done or will ever do that could separate you from the love of God. Yeah. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. And we all need redemption. There's not a single person living this on this earth that no one. It says no one in the Bible says no one is without sin. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things you think like I don't even believe in the Lord. If you think that, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I'm I'm good because I don't even believe in the Lord. There's this old saying I used to uh, always hear when I was a kid. There's a fence, right? And on one side is, is heaven, and the other side's hell. 
And I remember uh, in the story, Jesus comes up to the boy on the fence and says, Hey, uh, why don't you come join us over here? You'll be so happy. I'll take care of you. I'll love you. I'll give you, you know, plenty of pleasures. And just, I'll just love you and nurse, nur nourish you your whole life. You know, you have no problems, no pain. And he said, nah, I, I don't feel like it. You know, I'm just going to sit right here on this fence. And then the devil comes up to him and said, hey, why don't you come over here? And, you know, of course, he doesn't tell you all the misery and the pain and the suffering that you'll deal with when you're over there. But he'll say, you know, you can have fun. You can just do what, whatever you want. There's no rules, right? Okay. Come over here. And he says, nah, I think I'll just hang out here on the fence. And the devil said, well, good, because I own the fence. And that's that's reality. <laughs> yeah. Reality is if you don't choose the Lord, you're you're choosing the devil. Whether you believe in God or not, that was that's, the truth is the only way to be redeemed, to be saved, and to, to go to heaven is through the Lord. And I, I wanted to speak on that. I, I know we don't normally take the time to do this, but I wanted to speak on that, that God is real. Ask yourself the question, where did I come from? How did I get here? How did anyone get here? Yeah. You know? To touch on what you're saying, um, and that is, it, it, if you listen to the story um, of my life carefully, uh, and I think it's so true for all of us, but there is a clear straddling of the fence that yeah. I did for many, many years where I knew Jesus was calling me deeper, yeah. but I was saying, no. And a lot of us do. Back here, yeah. but once you don't, even if you decide, hey, I'm not. I don't want to do that, yeah. but I don't also want to go forward with you, yeah. Jesus, because that requires so much mm. more. Sacrifice. Yeah, it yeah. requires so much more sacrifice. Well, you see how it how it ended with yeah. me, and, and that's we have to make that cons conscious decision of just laying it down. You just have to look around and say, look at all this stuff in the world. How, did you just magically appear? No, there was a designer, a creator, a builder yeah. who put this here, you know, one of the common arguments you always hear is like, Creative this, design. Well, I, I can't see him. You know, I can see the trees. I can see the stars and the moon and all these things, right? right? They say that, but you can't see gravity. Don't go walking off a cliff. What's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to fall to your death because <laughs> there's a rule that God created called gravity. Yeah. And, and it's going to work every time. You're going to fall. It's a tale as old as time. You, you, in school, we studied philosophy and it was called intelligent design. Yeah. And I think I said creative design before, but it's intelligent design. Yeah. And um, people have been arguing about it for, you know, centuries. But the one thing that stands um, tried and true is that the people who know Jesus. You can't they, deny them. You can testify. Yes, you can't we deny can it. testify. If what we're telling listeners at home is just that if you will have that faith, it requires faith. You, yes. You have to have the faith. Then you will see God move on your behalf. In big ways to where you're like, I can't not have faith. I've had some stories in my life that's happened. Uh, ever since I finally got down on my knees in my kitchen over here, crying my eyes out, asking God, if you're real, I'm going to give you everything for three months. You know, show me that you're real. And and I gave him everything, and he showed me that he was real. And I can never, never deny him again. And it just, you want to talk about feeling the Lord? I can feel the Lord, you know? Miracle working God. It is different than you'd ever imagine but you have to go deeper than just a church attender you have to really give your heart to the lord and you have to realize that you know there's a there's a train coming down the line and you're standing on the tracks and there's only one way to get off the track you know once you realize that and you realize the the magnitude of reality that there was a creator that you were created mm -hmm. and that you have a choice to make you either want to spend the rest of your life with someone who loves you or you want to spend the rest of your life away from them. Because hell, you know, people think God's so cruel. How can he create this place to torture people? What is hell? It's literally the absence of the Lord, mm. right? So everything good is God. Yeah. God is good. Right. Love is God. 
So the love, kindness, uh, hope, all this stuff is love, from the joy, Lord. peace, patience. All yeah. that is from the Lord. So it's not that he's there to torture you. It's just that he's not there. So everything miserable and, and just evil is in the other place because that's yeah. the opposite of God. So mm-hmm. you're just going to a place without him. So you have to decide if you love him and do you really love him? Follow him or if you don't, just... And is he is he tugging at your heart? You know, maybe somebody's listening and and God is tugging at your heart. Make that decision. Drop everything and run. You yeah. Know, do do that to. thing you said. Repent. repent. It's where you just say, God, I'm sorry. I've been doing this and this and this and right. And I and I heard that you could forgive me for anything and just say, God, can you forgive me for that? Can you can you take that away from me? Can you redeem me? Help me, help me to be yours and just give your life to the Lord. Say, I'm going to give my life to you from this mm-hmm. day forward. And you're going to stumble. You might mess up. But that's the thing about the Lord. He loves you so much. He's never going to give up on you. Nope. But you should never give up on him. Again, there's nothing that you can do past, present, future that if the Lord lives in your heart, that it will ever pluck you away from his love. you got to run. There's the race. nothing that you can do. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. As Paul says, run the race and win. Don't just get in the race yeah. and just... Go along the journey. Run it like you're gonna win. Just give it everything you got. Say, Lord, I'm I'm doing whatever you ask me to do. Just be a yes man for the Lord. And watch. Watch what He does. Watch what He. Does. Watch what He does to your life. He He could take you out of prison. He can uh, redeem you. He could turn your whole life around. He could give you a ministry. He, he can rebuild you from the ground up. take you out of prison. There's something that I left out in there too. Is that when I came home the last time, I was not supposed to come home then. Really? But it was my faith that got me out of there. Really? I made a declaration in my room. And I could call uh, people up now that were in the room with me yeah. who thought I was crazy. I said, I'm going home. I'm going to be home by my next daughter's birthday. Yeah. I said, I'm going home on this day. I'm going to be in the driveway waiting for her when she gets home. Do you know that I was home? I was home a year earlier than what I was supposed wow. to be. But if you think about the story yeah. and you think about, I just told you that somebody was shot around me and had a firearm and yeah. was in a car where other people were trafficking. I wasn't supposed to come home. Yeah. I was never. Have, have, You've had multiple shots at that point and you, yeah, you were again. Yeah. I was as good as gone, but I remember praying, calling out to God before my court case, um, fight for me. Yeah. Fight for those who fight for me, God, fight yeah. against me. Um and have mercy on me. Yeah. And all I needed mercy because you know what? That judge was not gonna have mercy on me. Yeah. We all need mercy. Did. Yeah. <laughs> we all need mercy. I mean, there's you know, like like Rusty said, you know, the absence of God is everything that is bad. I mean, if you think about it before, you know, we ask the Lord into our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. that's just what, what we are. We, you know, we're all sinful, you know, black hearted individuals. And, you know, it's only by the grace of the Lord right. that we, you know, we've heard time and time again, you know, just I'm sure everybody has like, um, you know, stories of, you know, like, like Tia said, just put your faith in him and watch. I, I you, you don't, you know, there's nothing that, you know. Try it out. The Lord can't do. You know what he does. There's literally nothing the Lord can't do. Well, <laughs> you know, just to wrap it up, we uh, we want to thank Tia from coming on the podcast for the second time. Yeah, yeah, for the second time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But hopefully, uh, the producer, also known as me, uh, can <laughs> <laughs> make his audio work a little better. But uh, we appreciate everybody uh, listening. And uh, anybody got any closing thoughts? No, just turn, repent. Turn your turn your life around to yeah. the Lord. Give it to Him. And see what he does. Yeah, I'll shoot ya. Well, right. thank you for listening to another episode of 1024 Podcast. Remember, uh, please like and subscribe uh, on YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, and 
uh, iTunes, and we're uh, we're still working on Spotify. Share it with your friends. Yes, share share with your friends. You know, every every like and uh, subscriber helps us. So we really appreciate y'all uh, giving us your time today, and uh, hope y'all be safe. We'll see y'all next week. See ya. Yeah.